Hi, with Ainsley Boyd and this is the weekly wrap on this day the 2nd of December 2016. Australian dollars, gold are sitting at 15.80 and silver at $22.32 with the Aussie dollar at 74.2. So this week saw gold down further but silver stronger and the Aussie dollar virtually unchanged on last week despite visiting the 73s during that period. It was a tough week for gold as the stars aligned against it with a number of good economic data prints out of the US, bond yields continuing their march up, the OPEC deal and reports of a Chinese gold restrictions. Looking at the US first and third quarter GDP was revised higher in the second estimate from 2.9 to 3.2 per cent. Growth over the full year was revised up from 1.5 per cent to a still weak 1.6 per cent. However, we then saw weak personal spending growth of just 0.3 per cent in October, way on Q4 estimates with the Atlanta Fed revising its forecast to just 2.4 per cent yesterday, down from 3.6 only a week ago. But the positive news kept coming with the Conference Board Consumer Confidence Index soaring 100 to 107.1 in November post-Trump after a three-month slump and now the highest since July 2007. You know, just before the GFC collapsed because everything was awesome then too. We then saw the Chicago PMI print 57.6 up strongly on last month's 50.6 and way above the estimate of 52.5 and the highest print since July, uh, January 2015. It wasn't all awesome though, the Fed's latest Beige Book released on Wednesday saw 7 of the 12 Fed districts growing at a modest or moderate pace. That's down from 11 in the last report. They cited the strong dollar headwinds as the main cause. Many are predicting a much higher US dollar from here, so this won't help. Indeed, Goldman Sachs this week forecast the US dollar to appreciate about 7% versus G10 currencies over the next 12 months. Needless to say, Australia can expect downward pressure on the dollar, accordingly buffering any continued weakness in US dollar spot gold for us. As we reported yesterday, the rising rates courtesy of the bond route are starting to hit US housing too, with the Mortgage Bankers Association predicting mortgage refinancings are set to drop 46% in 2017. Indeed, in data released just yesterday, mortgage applications fell 9.4% from last week as mortgage rates soared above 4%, their highest since July 2015, and driven largely by a 16% crash in refinances and so well on the way to that 46% for 2017 already. Concerning too will be that October's pending home sales rose just 0.2% year-on-year October making it one of the weakest this year, and that is before the interest rate effects of the Trump victory bond collapse. That bond route, by the way, has seen bonds lose 4% or $1.7 trillion just in November, making that the worst month on record. There were some startling warning signs this week too, with the New York Fed reporting that household debt hit a record $12.4 trillion, just as subprime loan delinquencies, largely in car loans, hit their highest in six years. These initial signs of distress, along with those we reported on Wednesday, come as the stats show that this market expansion cycle is already the fourth longest in US history, and if it continues, is set to be the third longest by the time Trump is inaugurated. In unrelated news, the VIX volatility index spiked up the most in a month just yesterday, but it's probably different this time, yeah? The week will also be long remembered for the historic OPEC deal that would see production cut not just amongst OPEC members but voluntarily by Russia too, as they are all finding sub $50 oil devastating to their fiscal position, and the apparent attempt to sink American shale fail. 
There are two risks in this, however. Firstly, such agreements are notoriously fickle in their certainty. And secondly, low oil has been one of the key factors reducing inflation. If oil continues to rise, so will inflation. To Europe, and now just a couple of days from the Italian referendum this week, we saw Italian bond risk spike to 30-month highs on fears of up to eight Italian banks may fail if the no vote gets up. To quell fears, there were unconformed reports from the ECB that they would step in to buy bonds if need be, with more printed money, of course. In complete con contradiction, last night Reuters reported that the ECB intends to start to taper their QE program, and that saw German bonds collapse, dropping 30 points in just 10 minutes. To France, and we saw Fillon win the Republic spot, and it will now be him versus Marine Le Pen, or as one commentator put it, the pretty darn right wing versus the really far right. Overnight, the current president, Francois Hollande, who has the worst approval rating in modern French history, confirmed he would not run again for the good of the country. Over to the Netherlands and the far right in the form of Geert Wilders of the Party for Freedom, or PPV, is now leading Dutch polls ahead of elections in March 2017. A big critic of the EU, immigration and globalisation, he is now the front-runner to be Netherlands' next Prime Minister and the probability of a Nexit soon after. To China, and it saw some better news with its manufacturing sector enjoying its best conditions in two years, with the PMI up 0.5 to 51.7 in November, and the fourth rise in a row. This was helped by a surge in lending and a weaker currency, even as early signs of credit tightening begin to emerge. However, the country is still battling an exodus of capital as its currency devalues, prompting reports yesterday that they would look at restricting gold imports as Chinese money pours into gold. The Chinese have always backed up the truck on a price correction, and it has been so extreme that the premium for gold in China over the international gold price jumped as high as $46 in the past few weeks. The reports of restrictions saw gold drop $10 and, and below the support line of $11.70 before rebounding through the day to finish where it started. We have not seen any real confirmation about the reports and the market appears to be discounting them. Speaking of Chinese gold, and they consumed another 48.8 tonne via the Shanghai Gold Exchange in just last week. It was, an it, was a, it was an ordinary week at home, however, with the 12.6% plunge in building approvals in October when a 2% gain was expected, and after that awful 9.3% plunge in September, taking us to a shocking 24.9% year-over-year decline, equaling the worst drop since the GFC. The news was followed up yesterday with CoreLogic's report showing a sharp fall in price of Melbourne apartments in November, down 3.2%, and housing in general down 1.5%. Perth is still in the red for the year, down 3.4%. Overall, capital city prices rose just 0.2%, and regionals were down 0.2%, fueling fears the housing bubble may be getting close to ending. More broadly, economy-wide investment slumped at almost twice the pace that was forecast in September quarter and pointing to a weak 2017. Investment spending by businesses has been on a downward trend for the past two years as the resources investment boom unwinds. But this data was most concerning in that non-mining investment too is now declining, down 1.9% in the quarter. All up, total spending by companies on new buildings and equipment slid 4% from the previous quarter to be down 13.7% from a year earlier. Finally, and some good news for gold owners, UBS this week stated they believe that gold has been heavily oversold and maintain their view this is merely a summer correction. Any break above 1200 from here, they believe, will show the bottom is in. 
We'll catch you next week and remember, balance your wealth in an unbalanced world.